Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the eighth day of March. Welcome. It is so great to be here with you, reading the Word of the Lord to you and with you. Now today I am joined by a little guest who's been with me for a little bit now, and uh, just want to let you guys know, <laughs> uh, Ben and I are expecting our second child. Later this um, this fall, and so we are very excited, very stoked. Megan, our daughter, she's gonna be a sister, and she doesn't quite grasp that yet. Just because, I mean, I don't expect her to. She she'll be two next month, but we're very excited. And earlier this week, we got to go in and see um, see the baby through um, an early ultrasound and. It was just really sweet and really made it feel so real, and so um, just excited to announce that to our community. So um, I'm really stoked, really excited. Definitely, the word expand this year. Um, our our family is expanding, so we're very excited, very thrilled. Now uh, I know you're probably thinking, okay, what does the rest of this year look like? Um, you know, we'll update you if anything changes, but for right now, it's going to stay the same. Um, they will be born some point this fall, so we'll once we kind of pray through what that's going to look like, um, may have to take a little bit of maternity leave. Um, I mean, I will take maternity leave when that happens, but nothing is uh, figured out just yet. We have quite a bit of time to still prayerfully consider and um, just seek wisdom on that, but. Once we know, we'll let you know. But I just want to address that before we have too many questions. So, anyways, super excited, very thrilled, and uh, I, I've <laughs> it has been a very sick pregnancy this so far. So, um, I am ready for that to lift. But I know that those are all signs of a happy, healthy body. So, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but it definitely is hard. So <laughs> I am very grateful for just the grace that has carried me because it really has been the grace of the Lord. And yes. So, anyways, just wanted to announce you, uh, announce that, and update you on on that. And excited that another little one is coming, and uh, that I get to read the Bible to my child. That. Um, is in my womb that is not even born yet so that's always just really sweet to think about um someone had said that uh when i was pregnant with regan they were like by the time she's born she will have already heard the whole bible and that was just so sweet to think about but anyway speaking of the bible let's jump in today we're in the book of numbers with chapters 31 through 32 and we are continuing on with the christian standard bible for this week The Lord spoke to Moses, Execute vengeance for the Israelites against the Midianites. After that, you will be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people, Equip some of your men for war. They will go against Midian to inflict the Lord's vengeance on them, and 1,000 men to war from each Israelite tribe. So 1,000 were recruited from each Israelite tribe out of the thousands in Israel, 12,000 equipped for war. 
Moses sent 1,000 from each tribe to war. They went with Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, in whose care were the holy objects and signal trumpets. They waged war against Midian, as the Lord had commanded Moses, and killed every male. Along with the others slain by them, they killed the Midianite kings, Evi, Rechim, Zer, Hur, and Rabbah, and the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. The Israelites took the Midianite women and their dependent captive, and they plundered all their cattle, flocks, and property. And they burned all the cities where the Midianites lived, as well as all their encampments, and took away all the spoils of war and the captives, both people and animals. They brought the prisoners, animals, and spoils of war to Moses, the priest Eleazar, and the Israelite community, at the camp on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. Moses, the priest Eleazar, and the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses became furious with the officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, who were returning from the military campaign. Have you let every female live? He asked them. Yet there are those who, at Balaam's advice, incited the Israelites to unfaithfulness against the Lord in the pure incident, so that the plague came against the Lord's community. So now kill every male among the dependents and kill every woman who has gone to bed with a man. But keep alive for yourselves all the young females who have not gone to bed with a man. You are to remain outside the camp for seven days. All of you and your prisoners who have killed a person or touched the dead are to purify yourselves on the third day and the seventh day. Also purify everything, garments, leather goods, things made of goat hair, and every article of wood. And the priest Eleazar said to the soldiers who had gone to battle, This is the legal statute the Lord commanded Moses. The gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin, and lead, everything that can withstand fire. You are to pass through fire and it will be clean. It must, it must still be purified with the purification water. Anything that cannot withstand fire, pass through the water. On the seventh day, wash your clothes and you will be clean. After that, you may enter the camp. The Lord told Moses, You, the priest Eleazar, and the family heads of the community, are to take account of what was captured, people and animals. Then divide the captives between the troops who went out to war and the entire community. Set aside a tribute for the Lord from what belongs to the fighting men who went out to war, one out of every 500 people, cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats. Take the tribute from half from their half and give it to the priest Eleazar as contribution to the Lord. From the Israelites' half, take one out of every fifty from the people. Cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats, all the livestock, and give them to the Levites who perform the duties of the Lord's tabernacle. So Moses and the priest Eleazar did as the Lord commanded Moses. The captives remaining from the plunder the army had art had taken totaled. 675,000 sheep and goats, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 people, all the females who had not gone to bed with a man. The half portion of those who went out to war numbered 337,500 sheep and goats, and the tribute to the Lord was 675 from the sheep and goats. 
From the 36,000 cattle, a tribute to the Lord was 72. From the 30,500 donkeys, the tribute to the Lord was 61. And from the 16,000 people, the tribute to the Lord was 32 people. Moses gave the tribute to the priest Eleazar as a contribution for the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. From the Israelites' half, which Moses separated from the men who fought, the community's half was 337,500 sheep and goats, 36,000 cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 people. Moses took one out of every 50, selected from the people and the livestock of all the Israelites' half. He gave them to the Levites who performed the duties of the Lord's tabernacle, as the Lord had commanded him. The officers who were over thousands of the army, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, approached Moses and told him, Your servants have taken a census of the fighting men under our command, and not one of us is missing. So we have presented to the Lord an offering of the gold articles each man found, armlets, bracelets, rings, earrings, and necklaces, to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. Moses and the priest Eleazar received from them all the articles made out of gold. All the gold of the contribution they offered to the Lord from the commander of thousands and of hundreds was 420 pounds. Each of the soldiers had taken plunder for himself. Moses and the priest Eleazar received the gold from the commanders of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord. The Reubenites and Gadites had a very large number of livestock. When they surveyed the lands of Jazer and Gilead, they saw that the region was a good one for livestock. So the Gadites and Reubenites came to Moses, the priest Eleazar, and the leaders of the community, and said, The territory of Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Eshbon, Eliah, Sabam, Nebo, and Beon which the Lord struck down before the community of Israel, is good land for livestock, and your servants own livestock. They said, If we have found favor with you, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Don't make us cross the Jordan. But Moses asked the Gadites and Reubenites, Should your brothers go to war while you stay here? Why are you discouraging the Israelites from crossing into the land the Lord has given them? That's what your ancestors did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. After they went up as far as Eshkol Valley and saw the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger burned that day, and he swore an oath. Because they did not remain loyal to me, none of the men twenty years old or more who came up from Egypt will see the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. None except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, and Joshua, son of Nun, because they did remain loyal to the Lord. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years until the whole generation that had done what was evil in the Lord's sight was gone. And here you, a brood of sinners, stand in your ancestors' place, adding even more to the Lord's burning anger against Israel. If you turn back from following him, he will once again leave this people in the wilderness, and you will destroy all of them. Then they approached him and said, We want to build sheep pens here for our livestock and cities for our dependents. 
We will arm ourselves and be ready to go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them into their place. Meanwhile, our dependents will remain in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has taken possession of his inheritance. Yet we will not have an inheritance with them across the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance will be across the Jordan to the east. Moses replied to them, If you do this, if you arm yourselves for battle before the Lord, and every one of your armed men crosses the Jordan before the Lord, until he has driven his enemies from his presence, and the land is subdued before the Lord, afterward you may return and be free from obligation to the Lord and to Israel, and this land will belong to you as possession before the Lord. But if you don't do this, you will certainly sin against the Lord. Be sure your sin will catch up with you. Build your cities for your dependents and pen your flocks. But do what you have promised. The Gadites and Reubenites answered Moses, Your servants will do just as my Lord commands. Our dependents, wives, livestock, and all our animals will remain here in the cities of Gilead. But your servants are equipped for war before the Lord and will go across to the battle as my Lord orders. So Moses gave orders about them to the priest Eleazar and Joshua, son of Nun, and the family heads of the Israelite tribes. Moses told them, If the Gadites and Reubenites cross the Jordan with you, every man in battle formation before the Lord, and the land is subdued before you, you are to give them the land of Gilead as a possession. But if they don't go across with you in battle formation, they must accept land in Canaan with you. The Gadites and Reubenites replied, what the Lord has spoken to your servants is what we will do. We will cross over in battle formation before the Lord into the land of Canaan, but we will keep our hereditary possession across the Jordan. So Moses gave them the Gadites, Reubenites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph, the kingdom of King Shihon, of the Amorites, and the kingdom of King Og of Bashan, the land including its cities with the territory surrounding them. The Gadites rebuilt Debon, Adaroth, Aror, Atroth, Shofan, Jezer, Jogbehath, Beth Nimrah, and Beth Haran as fortified cities, and built sheep pens. The Reubenites rebuilt Heshbon, Elia, Kirithriam, as well as Nebo and Baal Mion, whose names were changed, and Sibma. They gave names to the cities they rebuilt. The descendants of Makur, son of Manasseh, went to Gilead captured it, and drove out the Amorites who were there. Moses gave Gilead to the clan of Machir, son of Manasseh, and they settled in it. Jer, a descendant of Manasseh, went and captured their villages, which he renamed Jer's villages. Nobah went and captured Kenneth with its surrounding villages and called it Nobah after his own name. I love that Moses is still a faithful man to the Lord. We've already read that Moses is not going to enter into the promised land. He has seen it. He knows who's going before him. And he blessed Joshua. And, but like Moses doesn't just die off right there. The Lord still uses him. And Moses' heart still remains in a posture of bringing the Lord honor. We see it in the conversations that he's having, or he even has um you know righteous anger and towards the commanders um 
who were returning from the military campaign and um, and then also asking the question to the Gadites and the, the Reubenites, why are you discouraging the Israelites from crossing into the land the Lord has given them? And this is a, a good question. Then he really leads them into a place of, look, if you do what you want, your sin's going to catch up to you and you're going to have to answer for that. So it'd be better for you to follow the Lord and to trust him and to not delay this. Don't self-sabotage yourself here. And and he's saying, like, also, like, if you turn away from following him, he's going to once again leave this people in the wilderness and you'll destroy all of them. And it's just like this kind of pep talk of like, well, guys, this hasn't really worked for us. Staying in the same place in the desert, like it's not working. Like, But also the Lord has told us what's ahead of us and we're choosing to stay here. Why? Why are we being discouraged from going into what the Lord has next for us? And I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you know the Lord is calling you into something new and he's got something different for you he's got a new place a place of restoration and healing and I believe those things can happen in the desert but the desert is more the wilderness is more of the purification and um I mean really the, the purpose of the wilderness was to get the Egypt out of them and to establish trust and for God to be that they would be their people and that he would be their God that is like what the Lord is trying to establish and supposed to take 40 days took 40 years and so I don't know maybe you can relate to that maybe you can relate to feeling like oh I just I should stay here or this is all I've ever known this place this mentality this story, I feel stuck in this rut, you know, whatever it is, um, maybe you can relate to all of it or some of it or none of it, but I think really the truth is, is that the Lord doesn't just have one thing for us and we're not meant to stay in the desert forever. It can't sustain us. Um, certainly not for an extended period of time and definitely not forever. But that's the kindness of the Lord is that we wouldn't stay there forever. There's always an invitation, always a hand that is stretched out and saying, I have a land that is flowing with milk and honey. I have a place that is healing. I have a, something new. Like, let's move forward with this together. Let's continue the story. And it's really us. It's our inability to move forward. It's our inability to really shed what we need to shed and leave it behind and to pick up our now on this side of the story that we have, but to pick up our cross and follow the Lord. And uh, that gets challenging. It gets hard. Like it's easy to say that, but to put that into play, like I don't have a real life example um, that I can personally think of, but that can be a hard mentality to leave um, like mentally, but then also physically. Uh, I mean, they were, the Israelites were stuck in a mentality, but they're also stuck physically. And that's that's just tricky. It's challenging. So we can sit around and talk about it and that feels easy. But when push comes to shove and we got to put one foot in front of the other, that can feel hard. It can feel scary. But 
something that I've learned about dread, and maybe I've shared this here before. We typically dread things because we think we do them alone. And that's just not the case with the Lord. And so we get to invite him and we also know that we've already been invited from him and we get to enter into the desert with him, the wilderness. And we get to then come out of that and say, man, that was really hard. I hope I don't have to do that again, but I'm glad I did it. I feel, you know, more refined. I feel ready for what's next and then to enter into the next place and again it sounds super easy it sounds like a six-step program and that's just not how life works um but i do believe that we can find ourselves in these stories and just kind of seek out wisdom and just realize like what has worked and what hasn't worked and so that's why i'm really thankful for moses who was committed through and through um even after being told that hey buddy like it's not you you're not going but he definitely could have peaced out and he could have been like well great i'm gonna do the last few years of my life what i want to do with my life and i'm done talking to people and leading people around you know like he definitely could have but he stayed faithful to the lord and for that i mean there's just so much richness that we read in moses's life i'm, I'm so grateful for that father i thank you for your word i thank you for people like moses who were so dedicated to you and to your people and I thank you that he spoke truth and that he spoke it in love and that he knew your heart and he captured it well God you showed him your face and he lived and I thank you that he truly grasped your your heart and uh, he wasn't perfect he didn't get it right all the time but I thank you that you still used him and that he was a man who was willing and able and uh, Lord I just thank you for our own stories and I pray for those of us, God, who are feeling stuck, that you would remind us that your hand is not too short and um, that the invitation to leave is always there. And uh, Lord, I just pray that we would just ask you, Lord, what am, what am I doing here? Have I been here too long? Have I been in this space too long? Is there, is there things in me that need to go? Are there things that need to be refined? There are things in me that you need to prune. I need to die off. Are there things that I need to leave behind that I can't take with me into this next part that you have? And Lord, I pray that we would just be willing to sit with that and to listen and then to do the work with you. I thank you, God, that we're not doing it alone. And uh, I thank you that all these things we can pray and ask in your name. Amen. Yeah, so I just encourage you, maybe if, if any of that relates um, to you, to, to really ask the Lord. You know, I don't think that I personally am in a desert season, so it's kind of hard to speak to it. But I think just that mentality of, of oh, man, I feel stuck in, in this particular thing or, you know, whatever it is. Um, Lord, how do I how do I leave this? How do I leave this place of hurt? How do I leave this thought process that isn't serving me or how do I adjust how do like what do I do like I think that's just a good question to ask the Lord Lord what do I do where do I go where are you would you show me would you reveal yourself how do I can you just give me like a bird's eye view am I in a desert <laughs> what's what's going on 
You know, sometimes I feel like we're just like, Lord, can you just give me some insight? So I'm so clueless as what's happening in life right now. And um, I think the sweetness that is important to remember is that the Lord's always speaking. That's just the truth. It really is. No matter what you are thinking or believing right now, the truth is always going to be the truth. It's not true when you have a really great moment with the Lord or then you don't really hear anything for a while. Um, there's, I feel like I, you just have to put faith into play. Like for me personally, it's pretty rare that I'm like, man, I feel the presence of God. I feel his spirit or I'm, I'm like really sensing his voice. And I don't know that I'm doing anything wrong. I don't, I don't know. I think we can get pretty distracted and have a lot of loud things in our lives for sure that makes it harder to hear but i think he i really do believe that he's always speaking i don't believe that god that creative would just be so silent with his people i think that he really does want to speak and he really wants to be invited and so just to remember that in those moments where we're spiraling in those moments where we're like are you even real are you even there is your word even true? Are you actually good? Did you really get me through such and such? And I think those questions are okay to wrestle with. I think it's also important that we remind ourselves of the truth is that, yes, he is good. And yes, he is there. Yes, he does hear me. He's listening to me right now. And I just, maybe if I just focused on that, if I set my eyes on that, I could get out of this thought mentality and it may not happen right then, and it may not happen that next time, but really understanding that when we make our thoughts obedient to Christ, and when we seek Him, we find Him. Like I'm, tr- I'm not trying to sound like there's formulas or this is what to do to get God to move. I'm just saying, um, I think it's pretty normal to feel the ebbs and flows. I think that's pretty normal, and any relationship and even marriage too. And I think uh, it's encouraging to be honest about that and just to be honest about where you're at and how you're feeling towards the Lord. He already knows. And uh, something that I've recently heard in the sermon that I thought was absolutely incredible was um, the Lord would rather hear, Lord rather hear you argue or be upset than you for you to walk away. And I just thought that was so great for any relationship advice, um, but especially just a relationship with the Lord. So he would rather, I believe that, I personally believe that he would rather hear you be upset or you to argue with him than for you to walk away. So so with that journal, um, if that feels like it's fitting, if not, great, you can leave that and let it be for somebody else. But if that is you and where you're at, just know you're not alone. The Lord sees you. I believe that and if you can't i believe it for you and i know that he's gonna reveal himself maybe he already has and you just need eyes to see and ears to hear i think it's a great prayer to pray and also one of my favorites is lord i believe but help my unbelief so that just felt really um heavy in my heart today i was reading it's hard because lord what am i reading numbers <laughs> what do you want to do in this in this reading today and That's where I felt like the Lord was carrying me. But that is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow.
Hi everyone, it's Christy in Kentucky. Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. Lord, we are lifting up so many marriages to you today. Father, I'm praying for Kim, Father, in California. Their home has been hit very hard by that storm and they've lost power and lost their car, Father. And in the midst of this, both Kim and her husband are having health issues. Lord, her husband has been healthy until lately, and now he's ill, and it's so hard. Father, I understand. Lord, my husband, Lord, as you know, is walking through similar situation. So, Father, we are lifting our husbands up to you for a touch of healing. Father, I pray for favor in their finances, Lord, and I pray for restoration of their marriage, as well as with Emmy and Emma, Father, two other sisters that have called in saying that their marriages need to be renewed and restored. So, Father, we are lifting them up to you. Lord Jesus, we are praying for Jessica in Texas, Lord. She's feeling like it's no longer a, a good place for her to live, and she's not a good fit in her job, and she'd really like to move closer to her family. So, Lord, am I asking that you open doors for Jessica, Father, so that she can um, be close to her family and have a job that she loves, prayerfully serving you. Uh, that would be amazing, and so we thank you, Jesus. Father, we are praying for Carrie, Jesus' girl, who is frustrated because Ariel has gone back to the man that abused her. We are asking you, Jesus, to protect Ariel and her child, Father, and for chastity, Carrie's sister who wants a baby. Lord, we ask for blessings and favor. Hello, DABC family. This is Diana from Florida, and I want to pray for all of the marriages in this community. I find that many marriages are really going through the thick of it. They're in many ways either under attack by the enemy or just strifing between each other, and uh, it's definitely not good. And so we, I want to lift them up in prayer, and I want to even put my own marriage in prayer as well. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for how wonderful and powerful you are. And Lord, I want to lift up marriages to you, oh Lord God, because the marriages that are represented in the DAB and the DABC community are marriages that if they were to lean on you, Christ, and seek you, and were to really hone into their relationship and work through their issues, they would be so powerful for your kingdom, so powerful for the work that you have in store um, in this world, oh Lord God, to bring more people to Christ, oh Lord God. And so, Father, I pray for these marriages. I pray, Father God, that you would help each spouse resolve their issues, whether they have internal issues from their past, maybe traumas or issues that are now informing the way they respond to situations in the marriage, or they just have general things that they're unwilling to compromise on. I pray, Lord, that you would bring them into a place of humility, that they would humble themselves and recognize where they've been wrong. They would work with their spouse on figuring out the best foot forward, Lord, that they would uh, go to counseling if necessary, do whatever it takes to work on their marriage, but actually put in the work, oh Lord God. And I pray specifically, even for my own marriage, Father God, that that would be the case for me and for my own husband, that we would put in the work and that in the end, we would see your fruit come forth. 
In Jesus' name. Hello, Dapsy. This is Aaron from Houston. And today I am just wanting to lift up in prayer my uh, friend of mine named Jay. I think I've mentioned him before. He's going through a very difficult custody case for his children. Uh, and it seems like it's a very, very difficult case uh, where it's just the, the ex is not a, a good situation for the kids. Um, I have been trying to encourage him, um, trying to help him out, but it, it seems like this is going to be an uphill battle for him. Uh, regardless, um, I really do want to pray. I think we need to be praying for the safety of the kids mainly. Um, and if this goes his way, great. If it doesn't, we just need to trust that God um, knows what he's doing. And I also pray that um, Jay does not lose sight of God in this situation. Uh, he has said things along the lines of, uh, if God does not give him his children, he's going to abandon the faith. And that's just not how God works. Um, and I've tried to encourage him that even if things go wrong, he can still uh, have faith in God and in Christ and pray to God to protect his kids. But we'll see. Um, but yes, please be praying for him. He desperately needs it. Praying for the kids, um, mainly for their safety, uh, and that ultimately God's will be done in this whole situation. It's not an easy one, but it's one that I know God can still work in. Thank you. Thank you.